Hello, welcome to South Asia Chart, a podcast series brought to you by the Institute of South Asian Studies at the National University of Singapore. I'm your host, Dr. Kulani Atanayaka, a research fellow at the Institute. With me is His Excellency, Dr. Palita Kuhuna, Sri Lankan Ambassador to China. Dr. Kuhuna was the former permanent representative of Sri Lanka to the United Nations. Until August 2009, he was the Permanent Secretary to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Sri Lanka. He was also the former Secretary General of the Secretariat for Coordinating the Peace Process. We will be discussing the recently passed UNHRC resolution against Sri Lanka and how it will affect Sri Lanka's future policy direction. Welcome, Your Excellency. Thank you for joining with us today. Thank you for inviting me. So let me begin with the resolution itself directly. Uh, the resolution recently passed at the UNHRC is titled 40 upon 1, Promoting Reconciliation, Accountability and Human Rights in Sri Lanka. And it states that it allows the UN to do the following, to collect, consolidate, analyze and preserve information and evidence and to develop possible strategies for future accountability process for gross violation of human rights or serious violation of humanitarian law in Sri Lanka, to advocate for victims and survivors, and to support relevant judicial and other proceedings. So what is your general take on this resolution? How will this affect Sri Lanka? Now, first and foremost, let me say that the Sri Lankan government has unconditionally rejected this resolution for a number of reasons. First and foremost being that the United Nations Human Rights Council was not established to adopt this type of resolution. Its mandate clearly says that its job is to assist countries to improve their human rights performance. All countries, not only poor developing countries, but all countries, uh, and also make the world a better place in general. What this resolution is seeking to do is to identify and isolate one country, find fault with it, and drag it over the courts. This is certainly not within the mandate of the Human Rights Council. Secondly, uh, adopting this resolution uh, seems to suggest that the uh, council or the High Commissioner has the power to enforce it. They do not. This, uh, neither the Council nor the High Commissioner have any power to enforce this resolution. Then we have to ask the question, why is the Council adopting this type of resolution? And mind you, they are very selective. They go after certain countries, knowing that they cannot respond or react to these resolutions, and they go then they seek to adopt them because they're creating a groundwork. Council, all the sponsors of this type of resolution is creating a groundwork for other uh, principles or alleged principles of international law and international relations to be used against countries like Sri Lanka. Now, we already have the case of certain leaders of Sri Lanka 
being denied access visas to certain Western countries. Now, this seems to be the, the, the current situation. Uh, I personally do not think that the council was ever intended to uh, act in this manner. Certainly, it does not seem to be consistent with the Charter of the United Nations, which does not allow the United Nations itself, forget about the Human Rights Council, the UN itself uh, to intervene in the internal affairs of a member state. Here, the council goes out of its way to create a body to not only intervene, but investigate the internal affairs of a country. And then we have a reference to reconciliation. I find this absolutely curious. In Sri Lanka, many of us feel reconciliation is taking place much better than in some of the countries which are behind this resolution. In Sri Lanka, the two communities, which I believe this was intended uh, to address certain alleged uh, relation type issues between the major community and the minority communities. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any outward manifestation of a need for reconciliation. The vast majority of the Tamil people, speaking people of Sri Lanka do not live in the so-called homeland of theirs. They live in the South amongst the majority Sinhalese. The Muslims are essentially in the South of Sri Lanka among the majority Sinhalese. The Muslims who used to live in the Northern province were evicted summarily with 48 hours notice in 1990, uh, 1991. So the, the, the reference to reconciliation sounds, I think it's a contrived effort to create a, 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 an unfair situation with regard to Sri Lanka. It is just not a situation that uh, can be addressed in an objective sense. So there is a contrived effort to create the perception of a situation that now they're seeking to address through this resolution. Given that background, I think Sri Lanka's reaction to the resolution is understandable because for one thing, it also sets a very poor precedent because if this goes ahead with regard to Sri Lanka, I'm, I'm certain that some countries and the NGO community and the council itself will now be hell-bent on trying to implement this resolution in whatever way they can. Uh, the, res the result would be that it will set a precedent, not only for Sri Lanka, but for all other countries. And I must repeat that this type of resolution, if you look at the record of the Human Rights Council, is always adopted against a small, poor, developing country. They're not against the rich and the powerful, but the, the meek and the voiceless. So again, against that background, I would say that uh, Sri Lanka now needs to confront the situation of dealing with this resolution or not dealing with it, <clears throat> given that it cannot be enforced directly by the Human Rights Council or the commissioner, high commissioner, one wonders what would be next. The council also is in the habit of adopting similar resolutions against North Korea, year in, year out, Iran, year in, year out, uh, Belarusia, and, and a number of other countries. So uh, 
I think basically Sri Lanka needs to work out how it will deal with the sponsors of this resolution, how it will marshal the assistance of friendly countries to deal with any negative consequences flowing from this resolution. And also, uh, in a sense, I, I, I suppose Sri Lanka will have to marshal its factual and legal arguments in such a way that uh, if not its detractors, at least its friends will be convinced that it, is, it has done the right thing and it will continue to do the right thing. Sri Lanka has repeatedly said that it will continue to work with the UN and its organs. It, will, uh, it has in the past been a, a champion of human rights and I'm 100% certain that it will continue to be uh, uh, an avid supporter of global human rights standards. Ambassador, you gave a very detailed explanation on uh, Sri Lanka's position and uh, how Sri Lanka will be affected and how globally this will affect what sort of a precedence this resolution will uh, put forward. So uh, you mentioned about how the minority communities are living in Sri Lanka briefly. I want to um, ask a more detailed uh, question with this regard. As we know that one of the significant justifications brought forward when tabling the resolution is that the Sri Lankan government has failed to manage and fully ease the tensions for minorities. So they justified it as a need to bring the resolution. So I know that you have been in the process for a a longer period of time in different capacities. So what has, can you explain to us what has the government done so far and what it should do differently in the future? Let me start off by repeating what I have said earlier. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of the minorities of Sri Lanka do not live in enclaves, nor they are, put, nor are they put into concentration camps like some countries have done in the recent past. They live amongst the majority. The Tamils, the most of the Tamils of Sri Lanka live in the South. Almost all the Muslims live in the South and the other minorities like the Burgers. They do not live in the North and the East. They live in the South. And as to how anyone could allege that the Sri Lankan authorities have not been considerate of their concerns uh, really confuses me. Uh, it's 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 it, that type of statement, that type of uh, mental attitude, must surely be based on perceptions which are not founded on fact. The most of the Tamil uh, businesses in Colombo, the large business houses, are minority-owned, whether Tamil or Muslim. The Tamils and the Muslims are well represented in the professions, whether it's law engineering, uh, medicine, the government service, etc. Uh, again, uh, there doesn't seem to be a reason to make an allegation that the minority concerns are not addressed. The minorities have their own schools funded by the government in most cases. They have their temples or churches or mosques. Again, where is this allocation coming from. Then if you look at the North and the East, which was ravaged for 30 years by, by a conflict, 
caused by terrorism. Uh, it, that, those were the two provinces that received the attention of the government first when the conflict ended in May uh, 2009. It was in the north and the east the government concentrated and started rebuilding the roads, the railway lines, the harbors, uh, even the airfield in Palale and another one in Batikalo, many others. The government did spend billions of dollars on those areas just to bring them up to scratch because the railway line had been ripped apart and the, and the sleepers and the steel had been used by the LTT Tamil terrorists to build bunkers. The, the schools were resurrected, rebuilt, so that the children could go to school again, and they have, instead of being dragooned as child soldiers and sent to, be, to die an untimely death on the battlefront. These things were done, and those schools are functioning very well now. The temples are functioning. The, the shopping centers are functioning well in the North and the East. In fact, for a while, the, those two provinces were booming because the government was expending so much money uh, in those two provinces. What, uh, what did not happen was after the provincial council election for the North was held, and it had been hoped that the newly elected authorities, LTTE, well, not LTTE, TNA backed Tamil uh, administration took over the North. It had been hoped that they will concentrate on building, uh, rebuilding the villages, restoring the clinics and medical facilities and the smaller schools, etc. It didn't happen. To this day, it is the central government that keeps on doing these things. Uh, the, for one thing, the economy of those two areas have boomed because now there are better connections for the produce of the north to the south. The produce of the north gets, gets marketed in the south. So the reconciliation has gone ahead. If by reconciliation, what some people mean is the creation of, of a separate state, of course it did not happen because the vast majority of the people did not want a separate state in the North and the East. And I would put the majority of the Tamils in that category because they throughout the conflict, most of them lived in the South and others were streaming in through the battlefront to the South. So I, I personally find it very difficult to understand this question as to why or what has been done uh, to promote reconciliation. Um, I, I, I believe, personally believe that Sri Lanka has done more uh, in that respect to create uh, justice, create equality, create uh, a parity of opportunity for all its citizens, whether they are Tamil, or Muslims or Sinhalese. That is what Sri Lanka has been doing, not creating enclaves, not encouraging separatism, but uh, striving hard to create this single identity of Sri Lankans. Uh, that has been done and that will continue to be done. We are not a rich country by any stretch of imagination. We don't have endless funds to deploy for this thing or that thing. But with what we have, I believe we have done much more 
than most countries have been able to do after a conflict of this magnitude. Yes, uh, thank you for that explanation, Ambassador. So my next question is with regard to the condition of voting that happened. This time, uh, the lowest number of countries voted in support of Sri Lanka compared to the multiple resolutions table for decades. Uh, why do you think uh, this happened? I think uh, after the new government got elected, they didn't uh, initially pay too much attention to the need to uh, muster support across the board. This is, uh, I suppose, this could be attributed to lack of experience, uh, lack of understanding of the how of how the international community works. And maybe there are other reasons as well. But one thing to be remembered is that those who did not vote for, on, for Sri Lanka or support Sri Lanka's cause, neither voted for the other side. They abstained. A large number of countries either abstained or absented themselves. Uh, all in all, uh, the proponents of this resolution couldn't even manage a simple majority in the council. So I think it's uh, it, it, Sri Lanka needs to work harder in getting its friends on board, convincing its uh, detractors that they are on, uh, on a very wrong path. So Sri Lanka does need to work much harder uh, in convincing the international community. And I mean by this, uh, a community of 193 countries, not just a handful of white Western countries uh, who uh, one can honestly say were the worst violators of human rights, uh, even in recent times. Speaking of countries that abstained, uh, India is among them, uh, but Prior to the resolution um, debate, the Foreign Secretary was quite confident that India would support Sri Lanka. But uh, then we saw Nepal also abstained. Um, on the other hand, China voted in favor. And this elicited diverse comments uh, with regard to India. It was felt that Sri Lanka was misleading the situation because this was not the first time uh, something like this happened. And on Nepal, it is commented that Kathmandu gave in to the Indian pressure. And concerning China's support, it is viewed as Colombo further tilting towards Beijing. So um, now, in your experience, who had seen the previous resolutions and the pro process, um, how these things are happening? What is your reading on this? Um, how will this affect Sri Lanka's ties with India, China, and especially the rest of South Asia? I, I don't think I'm in a position to answer on behalf of India. India probably had its own reasons for abstaining. We had hoped that it wouldn't, but it didn't. Uh, so that's a question that will remain to be answered by analysts at some future date. Uh, I wouldn't want to get into that. There were other countries which should have, uh, we should have uh, lobbied much harder and got onto our side. But as I said, it, it's a new government. 
with uh, new challenges and perhaps with a lack of experience in the international area. With that, I come to my final question. Now that the resolution is active, what is Sri Lanka's future strategy? How does it plan to move forward with its foreign relations and also fulfilling the requirement of the resolution? Now, let me, let me say one thing very clearly, and I've said this before. The resolution is non-binding. It cannot be enforced by the Human Rights Council or by the High Commissioner. Uh, and the Human Rights Council, again, I'm repeating, was never intended to do this type of thing to its member states. Its mandate is to assist countries to do better and make the world a, a, a much nicer place for all human beings, not drag member states over the courts. Having said that, what can Sri Lanka do? Sri Lanka has always been at the forefront of advancing human rights standards around the world. Uh, historically, I mean, like uh, there maybe have been times when we didn't perform that well, but none of the countries who are behind this resolution have either. So saying that, having said that, we will work with the Human Rights Council, we'll work with the United Nations as we always have, in order to advance human rights standards. Sri Lanka will also cultivate its friends much more so that in the future, we will not be faced with that type of situation. The situation that we faced also has set a, a very dangerous precedent for other countries, especially the meek and the weak, the poor third world countries. Because as I have said many times, uh, not only during this interview, uh, it's only the poor third world countries who get resolutions of this nature uh, adopted against them, not the powerful, not the Western countries. So Sri Lanka, uh, how will we adjust our foreign policy? We don't need to adjust our foreign policy. We will work with our friends and some friends have proved to be loyal friends and we will work closely with them. Uh, and I hope that in the long run, we will be able to convince even the doubting Thomases of the world, uh, the ones who have ganged up against Sri Lanka, that Sri Lanka is not evil incarnate as they have made us appear to be. Sri Lanka has done very well with regard to its minorities much more than many other countries. Uh, and we dealt with a dreadful terrorist group, a terrorist group that was once described by the CIA as the most ruthless and even invincible. We have dealt with them, we have defeated them, and the country is now at peace, much more as at peace than any other country have been behind this resolution. We have seen the demonstrations in the streets over the last two years, despite the, the threat of the COVID pandemic. There have been thousands demonstrating in the streets of some of those countries, demanding equality for their citizens, demanding justice for their citizens. In Sri Lanka, we had nothing of that. The terrorist uh, threat is over and hopefully the country can I look forward to a brighter future.
we will all work towards it and for all our citizens thank you once again for sharing your thoughts with us uh, your excellency thank you for the opportunity julie with that we conclude today's episode of south asia chat to learn more about our work visit us at isas.nus.edu.sg also follow us on facebook twitter linkedin for the latest happenings thank you